0: This is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters. And I'm Marcus Harvey. Conversations about the relationship between a university and its host community are as old as the university itself. What makes these relationships work in ways that are meaningful for all? And how has our local university, UNC Asheville, and the City of Asheville worked together to strengthen the community? Marcus and I will explore these questions in a conversation with UNC Asheville's Chancellor, Dr. Nancy Cable, and the Mayor of the City of Asheville, the Honorable Esther Mannheimer. We'll be back in a moment. Again, this is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters. So glad that you all are joining us again. I'm happy to be here in the studio. And as always, I'm very happy and fortunate to be here with my brother, Dr. Marcus Harvey. Yeah, happy to sit across from one of the country's eminent
1: historians.
0: <laughs> oh, you're too kind. You're too <laughs> kind. Well, Marcus, look, we're going to talk about the university and its relationship with the larger uh, community. A lot of conversations that happen around this. What comes to mind when you think about that? Well,
1: for me, the question is, you know, what what is the purpose of a university? Or college, if it's not serving as a resource for the for the surrounding community, mm-hmm. right, for the community within which it is situated, so that to me is, is an absolutely essential
0: consideration. Right. Yeah. I've been surprised as I've had done research into this into this mm-hmm. uh, topic that sometimes relationship, as some people call it, the town gown relationship, can be somewhat strained between mm-hmm. university and a larger community. I have discovered too, in my role at UNC Asheville, that many people find, and this is not just at UNC Asheville, but it's across yeah. The board across the state, looking at the UNC system, that people find it difficult sometimes to access the university. They don't know where to go. You yeah. know, it, it's a big it's a big uh, institution, and sometimes knowing where to engage can be difficult. Yeah, and
1: I think there is a sort of culture of elitism that has attached itself to American higher education, and so I think there's a, there's a way in which the perception is that you know those who are able to go to college, able to go to graduate graduate school, are really a part of an elite class, mm-hmm. and that gets you know a, a lot of and oftentimes we, we we overlook or don't talk talk or think about. Uh, ways in which, um, you know, communities, need, I'm, I'm sorry, universities need to be connected and remain
0: connected mm-hmm. to communities in right. ways that sort of work against that elitism. That's right. And, you know, I think about the opportunities that exist for having a, a university Absolutely. in a community. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always believed that communi- that universities can be places where hard conversations that a community yeah. needs to have can actually happen in that space mm-hmm. in a way that might be seen as neutral. Yeah, and I think the question is, you know, does does a given university or college have the
1: Courage to allow those conversations <laughs> to take place absolutely <laughs> so, so
0: as we think about this um, today we want to have this conversation with dr cable and with mayor esther Mannheimer. this is a great opportunity to explore how these two areas the city and the university are working together and look at some of the things that are being done to do that so marcus and i want to step out for one minute just for a quick minute here and we'll be right back welcome back this again this is the waters and Harvey show i'm darren waters we're so glad to be here in the studio at blue ridge public radio here in asheville north carolina glad to have you all join us and as we said again we're having a conversation about the relationship between the university and and the larger community what does that relationship look like what opportunities does it afford the community and the university and we want to explore that and we are privileged marcus and i are very privileged and very honored to have in the studio with us dr nancy cable who is the eighth Chancellor of UNC Asheville. Prior to coming to UNC Asheville, she was the president of the Arthur Vining Davis Foundations. Dr. Cable has an extensive background in higher education and is a nationally recognized leader in the field. In addition to philanthropy, Dr. Cable is an expert on topics that include educational access, financial aid, and affordability, and liberal arts and sciences curricula, which, Marcus, that could be a conversation in (laughs) and of itself. Mayor Esther Mannheimer, we're glad to have her here has been mayor of Asheville since 2013 prior to that time she was a member of Asheville of the Asheville City Council being first elected to the council in 2009 uh, mayor Mannheimer is a is also a principal partner at the Van Winkle law firm here in Asheville where she specializes in commercial litigation land use and land disputes under mayor Mannheimer's leadership the city of Asheville which has and continues to experience significant growth has ta- has been taken taking on serious questions around issues related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So Mayor Mannheimer and Chancellor Cable, thank you all for stopping in the studio with us today. Yes, welcome. Welcome. welcome Glad Claire to Kate. have you here. I think Chancellor Cable, we'd like to just start with you, um, just asking you about, um, well, you know, we Marcus and I really realized that having the two of you here at the same time would provide us an opportunity to explore this topic of the town-gown relationship. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that relationship, the relationship between a college, university and its host community what comes to mind for for you Chancellor Cable and then Mayor Mannheimer would like to let you respond to that as well
2: Well, thank you very much, Darren and Marcus. It's a pleasure to be here. This is a topic that is, in an ongoing sense, always mm-hmm. one for a, us to both discuss mm-hmm. and discuss and to act on. Um, I think the town and gown relationship between the University of North Carolina Asheville and the city of Asheville, as well as Buncombe County, and now even more, the broader and out, uh, more outposted uh, counties can be very, very important for all of us. Remember that we are anything but elite. Mm -hmm. I think our mission as a public institution within the state of North Carolina, one that is Mm -hmm. well regarded academically in the region, our position here is that we exist to meet both the public good and a common we all need. We are about the common good. And so in many of the partnerships that we have with the city and across the region, as well as across the state, Mm -hmm. those are driven by the mission of our faculty, our staff and our students to be of service to all of the citizens on many different issues of the day.
0: Right. Mayor Mannheimer?
3: Well, um, you know, for me, this has been uh, an evolving process. I've been in office on council since 2009, um, and we have a memorandum of, of understanding with the university. Mm-hmm. So at a very basic level, we've figured out how to have a, um, a relationship between the city and the university, and we're fortunate um, that you mentioned there's sometimes tension, mm-hmm. um, and I would say that doesn't exist here in Asheville. But I did go to Chapel Hill, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yet when people start trying to burn cars, there's a problem, right? right. <laughs> but. Um, but I would say, you know, we've been able to enjoy a good relationship, and we really are trying to look more at what are other opportunities we can explore that we haven't mm-hmm. already. You know, for for a city, um, universities can provide an invaluable resource as a place to have those tough mm-hmm. community conversations. Uh, you know, for example, I know um, in Wilmington, the universities help the community have a conversation around policing. Right. Um, UNC Asheville has been the host to many speakers, even this last year, that have um, gotten into topics that I think are difficult, but really important for our community to talk about. But also UNC Asheville's done things like uh, host my child summer camp, um, or uh, a place for people to come to the tailgate market and mm-hmm. shop for fresh organic produce. So there's lots of ways that we can coexist and uh, enjoy one another. So uh, for us, it's been good and it's growing, and I and I'm glad to see that.
1: So, Chancellor Cable and Mayor um, uh, Mannheimer, as, so as 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 prominent leaders in the community, uh, why can you speak a bit about why it's important to think about this this town gown relationship, especially thinking about um, specific challenges facing our community, mm-hmm. right? Racial uh, disparities, economic disparities, etc. Why why is it important to think about this relationship with those challenges? And others in mind.
3: Well, from a city perspective, um, I mean, there's lots of different things to think about. But but what comes to my mind is, you know, if you're trying to grow a city in a healthy way, which means you you want the next generation to have great job opportunities. You want um, the community the city to remain resilient you really need um, a strong university in your community to help you make that possible Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to work with the university and we count on the university to produce students who are ready and qualified to work for employers who want to locate here or grow here um and we want, uh, we want that university to help shape young people and even people who are in continuing education programs so that they can contribute to our community in an even more meaningful way. So for us, it's, it's really about enriching mm-hmm. um, an already existing community right here mm-hmm. in our own city.
2: And I would say, Marcus, that for us, it's really a a moral and educational imperative. We are here in the city, so we must and should cooperate across all uh, racial groups, across all religious groups, because we stand for educating our young people, as well as all of the services that we provide, really, for children, as well as our OLLI program for senior citizens and adults. Um, This is about not only the arc of the age group over a lifetime, but this is also about the multiple needs that all of us have as we grow and change and are educated in our lives. So that there's a place for us to be involved with our community athletically. There's a place where we can serve those who need our services the most as volunteers in the community. We are very proud with our relationships in the Asheville City Schools and Buncombe County Schools. We are also in neighborhoods tutoring, particularly for students who have um, important choices to make about life process so that they need that math course in sixth grade. They need those middle school tutors. And we're making our community, but also our future students, stronger when we're giving to to, uh, all different citizens within within this area. Um, Furthermore, our faculty and our students view our community relationships as learning opportunities, whether they're formal internships for credit, or they're research projects like the ones that we're doing in Climate Action, or it's working with the Collider to bring up innovative uh, ideas for corporate uh, seed money, all of those become educational opportunities for all of our students and faculty as well, and our staff. So from volunteerism to internship possibilities to coursework that we can do that benefits the community, all those things are within the educational and moral mission that we have mm. as an institution for the citizens of right. western North Carolina.
0: Wonderful. You know, and Chancellor Cable and Mayor, as I've looked at this and studied it a little bit, there's one scholar, I can't remember his name, but he's in Ohio and um, one college town there. He looked at the relationship, uh, analyzed the relationship between the university and the larger community, and he ended up describing it like a marriage sometimes. And he said, As can any relationship can be, it can be fraught with challenges as well. What are some of the challenges that these relationships, um, the relationship between a university and a larger community might encounter, and how can those be overcome?
2: Well, I think some of the challenges are for all the needs across our community and all the citizens of our community, how do we find the resources together to do this work, whether we are a feeder for philanthropy in the area that wants to see our students serve the students of our middle schools, as one example. How do we find the need to get early start programs at the Eastern Band Band Cherokee group Mm. moving forward? How do we pay for those things? I think another thing is how do we get sustained leadership in these areas? We have great leaders in this community, including the mayor. How do we make sure that we support one another through the tough times? Right. Um, for example, we had a controversial speaker here in January for our MLK Day. Mm-hmm. And frankly, the mayor and I stood very much shoulder to shoulder in reaching out to citizens who were concerned about the nature of that speaker and right. that speaker's views. That kind of collaboration in tough moments. We came together in a rally around the tragedy that happened in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. earlier this year on a cold winter day. So I think there's, there's a variety of ways for us to serve but part of the dilemma is how do you stand together during the tough moments and then how do we find the financial backing, to capitalize all the needs that's that right. need to be met, and how can we collaborate to do that efficiently?
0: We're well, talking about resources. That is a whole other conversation in and of itself. <laughs> Marcus and I, not too long ago, we had this conversation with, uh, with another guest that we had on the show and talking about issues of equity and how mm-hmm. resources are actually used and, and where they are placed. So that's uh, I, I'm happy that you brought that up. And it's something, I think, for our listeners, listeners and for us to be thinking mm-hmm. about Mayor, what do you think about these challenges um, as well? Do you see uh, similar things, and 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 keeping the lines of communication open? I know is very important mm-hmm. between between the two parties.
3: You know, uh, I would I would say for every city there is a challenge around engaging the large larger entities in their, that city. It could be large corporations or a, a university, um, and I think we're fortunate. For our relationship between UNC Asheville and the city of Asheville, um, we have open line of communication. We have a memorandum mm-hmm. of understanding, which I've already talked about. So, already a very functional relationship. That's not always um, true. It's you know sometimes cities stumble on having their relation a, a strong relationship with the university, uh, and peop- and you might see more siloing where mm-hmm. everyone just sort of stays in their little. Uh, their little campus, and they don't they don't interact a lot. And I think that's changed over the years, frankly, for mm-hmm. UNC Asheville and Asheville. I've right. seen a difference. Um, so, so I, you know, just continuing to sort of weave ourselves together and figure out other places where we cross collaborate. Um, you you have gr- a great deal of resources our community needs around education, and uh, you know, you talked about tutoring and things like that. That just continuing mm-hmm. to grow those opportunities to help benefit the city and hopefully the city uh, brings a benefit. And I know does to the university um, in terms of what we can bring, I, you know, S- sort of just a wonky example. Recently, you all are doing uh, land planning uh, for the future land uses, and uh, but one of my favorite topics over at UNC Asheville, mm-hmm. and invited us to participate. Um, and that you know that's very refreshing. We really enjoy that. So mm-hmm. more opportunities like that. Yeah,
1: and and of course, so so we know that um, that a university's relationship with the larger community, of course, involves privately owned businesses like the Van Winkle law firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the past few years, Van Winkle has partnered with the university as a sponsor of the David and Lynn Brown Vision. Bidgen- Lecture Series in the Van Winkle Law Firm Public Policy Lectures. Uh, chancellor, could you speak a little bit about uh, this lecture series? Um, what it's about? What inspired it?
2: The key word here is visionary. Um, <laughs> David Brown, as you may know, is a chancellor, was a chancellor at the University of North Carolina Asheville and brought to the institution during his tenure as chancellor. Tremendous visionary ideas about the long-term strength and effectiveness and quality of our academic program and the faculty that we hire mm. and so dave and lynn um, decided to in partnership with van winkle law firm which is a key which is a key partner for us in so many things um, d- design this lecture series that would bring a visionary to our local area for yeah. a lecture every year and for um, in the case of other folks uh, distinguished conversations, um, presentations, even debates. And so, this is our time to have Brian Stevenson this time, who was chosen by the Van Winkle Law Firm and by the Browns. And we have in Brian Stevenson one of the truly moral thought leaders in our nation today. Um, with the work that he has done uh, and the author, uh, he is the author of the book Just Mercy. Brian is calling all of us out for past injustice and showing us a way forward first by first by understanding the truth And then the second is by understanding how we make sense of the immorality of earlier years. Mm -hmm. And with the founding of the Lynching Museum, um, which he calls the Legacy Museum Project, um, with whom we are very involved uh, for our students, for our faculty, and also in the process of moving some of the hallowed ground that we deserve to have back in North Carolina here, back to Asheville. Um, I think Brian is one of those thought leaders who is both educational and truly aspirational in terms of all of us coming to grips with the equity work that we need right. to do, mm-hmm. not just diversity and inclusion, but mm-hmm. equity yeah. and equitability for all citizens of this country. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be, in fact, a very, very visionary. Um, uh, lecture and thoughts from one of the great leaders of our time. I had the privilege of hearing Brian Stevenson at the Aspen Ideas Festival two summers ago, and um, I found myself changed by that in a way that has been sustained mm-hmm. change, and I hope that's part of what we will experience in the auditorium on the night of the 25th oh, right, of April. Right,
0: right. Oh, right. Mayor, can you tell us a little bit about Van Winkle's involvement with uh, this particular lectures, lecture series?
3: Yes, um, so this is the second in the lecture series. The first was David Brooks. Um, and, and so the Van Winkle Law Firm partnered with Dave and Lynn Brown on the uh, sponsorship of the first lecture. And here we'll have the second fun fact. Um, I live in Asheville because of Dave Brown. And that's because he hired my dad when I was in high school <laughs> to come to UNC Asheville and run what's now known as OLLI. Um, so, so thank you, Dave and Lynn, for me being here in Asheville. Um, this um, this is a real opportunity for our firm because we we've been looking for more ways to engage in the community, and so the lecture series. Um was an, a wonderful opportunity to do that. This speaker is so fitting for our firm because, of course, he is an attorney. Mm-hmm. So um, it's exciting to support an attorney who is doing such groundbreaking work uh, and such meaningful work, and I um, took an opportunity. I've not been able to hear him speak in person yet. Um, I did listen to his interviews on, mm-hmm. online, and I think this is going to be a really interesting um speaker for this community.
0: His work is, is absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, as someone who would be prior to going to graduate school, I worked in the criminal justice system as well for five years I worked as a probation parole officer and, and seeing this system and how it works and it, and I was amazed that when um, with some of the people who were on my caseload, especially younger um, people who were on that caseload once you got into the system Mayor our Chancellor, it was like a Herculean effort to get out of it and so there is a lot of injustice and inequity um, uh, here in, in this system and I think that he's addressing that, especially in his book Just Mercy. Mm-hmm. Now Chancellor, you brought up the word equity and i wanted if we could go back to that for just a second and we've had this conversation with our earlier guest as well and i would just like to get your take on this if you don't mind and you too mayor that when we talk about this word i i find that a lot of people are are somewhat confused about what it means when you when you use that word what what are you thinking in your mind what does it mean how should people understand what it is that we mean by this word equity
2: well, equity gives us the inspiration to achieve equitable conditions for all individuals across all racial groups, all ethnic, um, religious differences and abilities, gender, and so on. Uh, Equity gives us a way to understand that, uh, particularly for those of us in education and higher education, we have a really special responsibility to be aware of the privileges that some have had that others have not. And as we struggle to always be relevant to the common good and the common weal, Uh, Those of us in education, I think, have a unique opportunity to introduce a better set of questions about how folks at all Mm -hmm. levels of education and all age groups can understand the need to move forward in ways that are reconciling, Mm -hmm. but most of all build on the truth of the past and making sense of that so that educational opportunities have an equity component to them. Um, there's lots more to be said about that, but that's a one answer <laughs> to a very
0: Greatest complicated great. question. And I love that you brought up truth uh, truth about the past. That's a whole other mm-hmm. conversation it we is. could go into, Mayor. <clears throat>
3: um, you know, I think for me, my understanding of equity is sort of an evolution of equality. Um, equality isn't isn't going to f- fit the bill anymore mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, in my mind. The um, eliminating laws that were on their face, for example, clearly discriminatory, was one big step this country took and patted itself on the back and said, and now we're done. Everybody is equal. Um, We had, you know, all of our policies, all of our institutions, everything is now equal because all these rules apply to everybody. But what we know is that. It's not actually how it works. Mm-hmm. If you if you look at the incarceration rates, if you look at the data around e- simple things like, um, how, you know, who gets arrested for marijuana possession. Mm-hmm. If you look at things like how long people's sentences are, and it differentiates by skin tone, not just mm-hmm. black and white, but how dark you are, the longer the sentence you'll get for the same crime. When we look at that data, we can say, well, that law sir it applies to everybody, but it's not being applied equitably so um now we're doing the hard work of really looking at how our institutions how our policies how our rules like the work that brian stevenson's doing how do they actually affect people when you look at the numbers and what we're what we're learning is it's still it's still a racism in action uh in its effect on people Mm -hmm. um and that's hard work and those are hard conversations to have but now that's the conversation i'm hearing everywhere Mm and and that's you know that's different than it was ten years ago. I feel like right. so, um, to me, you know, we over at the city have created an office of equity and inclusion, and one of the mm-hmm. functions of that office is to essentially internally audit our own policies and procedures. How are we affecting our own population by the things we're doing as a city? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's hard work to do and. It's can be upsetting, oh, right. but it's very, very yeah, necessary. Tough, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. tough, tough
1: conversation. Very tough, and I, I think the thing about e- uh, equity is that you know equality is an idea. You know, we can kind of get rid of that idea easily. Mm-hmm. Equity, not so much. It really sort of forces us to be more accountable. But just just thinking about this, this upcoming lecture by Brian Stevenson, I'm curious to hear from you, Chancellor, what you what you hope this lecture might accomplish. Um, uh, thinking about uh, Stevenson's visit in April this month,
2: mm-hmm. I hope it will accomplish. Um, uh, informing, Mm -hmm. inspiring, and calling all of us forward to a new moral standard in terms of coming to grips with our past and a past that is, um, at least in what he has brought forward, it's a past we all need to reckon with, Mm -hmm. whether we reconcile actively or we simply to seek new understandings. Right. I hope that we will take his words very seriously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what's important, I think, about Brian, but also back to your point on community mm-hmm. engagement and our partnership is... One of the really wonderful things about Asheville, North Carolina, is that both the university and the city itself and the surrounding areas are at a scale where we can deal with these tough questions. We can make progress. We can be – I'm not going to claim for us to be a model in all things, though the mayor has taken us as a model in many ways – we can be a model of the way in which communities struggle with, resolve, and then continue to address these right. issues in important ways. And I'm proud of that at the university. Right. We have lots of work to do and more work in this in this area, particularly on equity. Right. But I also believe that we're at the scale where we can do that in a humane and important way right. that will be sustainable. All right,
0: it's important to think about. Now, Chancellor, these events, some of the, and especially the lecture as a part of events surrounding your formal installation as the eighth chancellor of UNC Asheville um can you tell us really quick a little just maybe 1 minute here what what that will all entail
2: well, I can't give you in one minute a few of the <laughs> all of the events, but I can say this: this is about shining a light on the University of North Carolina Asheville, particularly our faculty and our students and staff. Yes, there'll be a ceremony that has a little bit of spotlight on me, and I'm very grateful for that. But it is really about four days of activities that begin with the Undergraduate Research Day, a tree planting because we're a Tree USA campus, right. and many other roundtables around key issues of the day, including right. the inclusive ex- excellence right. and equity. Uh, the value of a liberal arts degree and the modern and global good, and so on. There'll be plenty of activities, but the notion is to shine a light on this exceptional place that is really one of one in the entire state of North Carolina with our mission.
0: Well, thank you, and congratulations. And we appreciate you both coming in to talk with us. There's so much more that we'd like to talk to you about, but we're going to save it for another time. We hope that we can get you back in to talk to us again. Marcus and I will be back with a quick... Uh, word in just yeah. a moment. Well, again, thank you all for listening to this important conversation, Marcus. It. it could have gone in many other directions. There are so many issues that yeah. both the, ch- the chancellor and the mayor raised that I would love to explore a little bit further. Yeah, but just
1: this idea of, of linking a square confrontation with um, America's troubled path, mm-hmm. with, the, with the establishment of a new moral standard, is a very interesting idea
0: to keep at the fore yeah. as we move forward. Right. right. I'm going to steal that term, a new moral <laughs> standard, so uh, you yeah. will hear it. <laughs> so, Marcus, and again, we'd like to remind you all that the Watterson Harvest Show is produced at Blue Ridge Public Radio in Asheville, North Carolina. and you can listen to our podcast on bpr.org on the bpr mobile app and on itunes and google play follow us and get in touch on facebook and twitter and we will talk to you next time take care